And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast, Episode 7 Recap. Absolutely wild episode, the most wild episode of the season so far. We finally got a crazy Tribal Council. We finally got all these advantages that we had seen put into play in motion. Uh, uh, Once again, I'm your host, Dylan Bird, here along with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. Ryan, what an insane episode. Usually I have some type of like funny quip or reference to the uh, episode we just watched. And I tried to think of one before coming in tonight and I couldn't think of much. Uh, It just was a crazy night. That's how much my brain is either fried or still running. It was just really, really crazy. I can't wait to dive into it. Yeah, it was, it was a absolutely wild time. I think from the fact that the fact that the immunity challenge came so early in the episode and I mean, we knew that was going to happen because just generally that's what Erica's advantage was. Um, but the fact that like there was so much time left over and I thought they were going to do another summit because there was so much time. That's really what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I thought it was going to be some kind of other summit twist. And no, it was just all strategy, which was just brilliant. We saw so much of every character except for Heather, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, look, I, yeah. I don't need to take shots at Heather. I, I, I really just simply hope she gets more time going forward because look, it is I think that just that summarizes Heather so far this season and people have already been taking screenshots. They love how there's two giant groups and Erica and Heather are the only two who are not in the huddles until the very end where the big group pulls Heather and Erica in. But you just see Heather like, I don't know what's going on. So poor Heather, poor Heather. Yeah, absolutely wild. Now, I just want to remind everyone before we get going here, be sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SoulSvivorPod, Instagram, SoulSvivorPod. Um, be sure to subscribe, Apple, Spotify, any other platform that you might listen on. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple, a five-star review. Um, we just got one this week again from, I believe it was from Nathan. So Nathan, if you were listening to this, shout out to you. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. But let's get to it. I kind of had a feeling that Sydney was in trouble, especially when Deshaun threw out her name, just because I knew it was going to be some kind of chaotic tribal council. And I thought it was just a very random name to be thrown out. Now let's get, let's, let's get it, get it straight here. There was only five people that could go home because there were six people who uh, competed in the immunity challenge. And then um, Ricard was safe. So basically the only people on the chopping block were Danny, Deshaun, Evie, um, uh, who am I? Sydney and and the seer. Okay. Right. So when you put it like that, there was not a lot of people that could have gone home. It seemed like Danny was definitely going to be safe. And that kind of whittles it down to four. Deshaun's name was thrown out and Evie's name was thrown out immediately. Uh, Nasir's name was thrown out and they kind of washed it, washed it away. So when Sydney's name came up late, I was like, oh God, that's bad for her. It's going to be one of those late, you know, late vote outs that you don't necessarily see coming the rest of the episode. Plus she had gotten so much screen time in previous episodes. We had seen her. Um, a lot. So, you know, the, the fact, despite of the fact that they haven't gone to tribal council. So I was like, you know what, we know her well enough that she could possibly go home. And it just seems like she could be the odd person out where multiple people wouldn't mind cutting ties to her if it meant sa- sh- saving herself. Yeah. So actually a couple of things here. One thing I texted Dylan before the episode was I actually watched last week's episode before tonight. I actually had a little bit of free time. So I said, you know what? It, it's meant to be a, a two-part episode anyway with it being the merge and it being split into two weeks. So I watched it back to back. So I do think that gave me a little bit more clarity on maybe what were, things were foreshadowed. Like I think most people knew Erica was going to smash the hourglass. But I think watching a lot last week's, there was a lot of hints and foreshadowing that led to that moment anyway. And then in terms of Sydney going home tonight, 
I think we saw one or two confessionals from her last episode, and I think that maybe was giving her a little bit of visibility, and she got a couple tonight. And I think there's like this other thing where, you know, Cindy obviously was pretty upset that she got voted out. And I think someone on Twitter, I, I can't remember if it was Colin Stone or not, lately a new type of character, and tell me if you agree, Dylan, is one that gets voted out by like a twist or like an advantage, but like we as the audience aren't like, crush that they left like oh if like if Nasir went home tonight I think Twitter would have been in shambles if Nasir got screwed tonight so the fact that I think it was Sydney like does that resonate with you at all I feel like back in the day yeah you know, oh Sari got screwed we're all upset I feel like lately it's people like where we're like oh they went home I'm not super broken up about it so I do think that that's a good point I think they tried to portray her as like controversial just so that people would be like oh wow it was Sydney and not Deshaun at the same time I thought that she had some massive potential to, to stir up some crazy stuff post merge so I personally am a little bit disappointed um the fact that she went home only in the fact that I thought that she did have potential despite that again it gave her it gave, it only gave her those they only gave her those crazy kind of confessionals that were you know very I don't even know what the word to use is, but you get what I mean. Um, I, I thought she had potential, but clearly they wanted the audience to feel a certain way about her. Um, but yeah, Sydney goes home tonight and we get a crazy, crazy vote. We have a 5-4-3. We have what, you know, in my opinion, could be one of the best acting jobs in in the history of the show. And I, I truly mean that from, you know, Xander had a, what was a phenomenal fake out. It does remind me a little bit of Dom. Dom's performance in season 36 Ghost Island when he, you know, faked out Donathan. Um, this, this was, uh, it was absolutely brilliant. And I tweeted early in the episode. I said, this Yase three, meaning Tiffany, meaning um, uh, Evie and Xander, those three had potential to pull off something historic and legendary tonight. And that's exactly what they did. So, um, Here's the thing. I feel like, and I, I definitely need to go back and rewatch this episode because a lot happens and I need to kind of digest it again. But yeah, I think Xander and, well, it's really the trio. It's kind of like, uh, it's Tiffany, it's Evie, and it's Xander. And as we will go through the ep through the uh, episode recap, we're going to kind of talk about how Liana is now no longer with the Yasa group. She's kind of with uh, Shan, the, the core four of Shan, Danny, and Deshaun. And they kind of just, you know... I feel bad. I feel bad because Liana had a great episode in terms of like great visibility spike, but wow, she really got screwed over in a couple different ways. Um, I do think Dylan, it was good acting on Xander's part, but I also feel like the other part of me says, and maybe they're all you know tired, they're lack of food, they're, they're maybe not thinking correctly. It almost seems a bit too blatant. Like Xander is clearly like holding on to it, and he knows what the advantage does because Tiffany told him, and Liana knows that he knows what it does. So but does, does, I, 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 I feel well, like, well, hold yeah. on now. So I was thinking about this um, because I'm thinking like, is this too obvious of an acting job? I'm like, for uh, from our perspective, we think it is. But did Liana know for sure that Xander knew about this twist? Well, okay. So from what I she, understand, if we go back to Liana, because yeah. we, we find out that Danny was the one who, I, was it Danny that told Xander that, uh, that that was the twist or was it somebody else? Or was it Tiffany? So no, so the, the chain of events is that uh, last episode, Shan blurts out in front of Tiffany, right. "Hey, Liana, do you get the advantage?" So let me so let me know that. Liana says, "Tiffany, don't tell anybody." And Tiffany's like, "Oh, I won't tell anybody." Which we we both knew, like she's gonna. Oh, and she okay, I remember. So they had the flashback during this episode yeah. where she told everyone. Okay, so Tiffany right, so tells Evie, 
Evie tells Xander, and then Xander tells Danny, who goes back and tells Liana what he just heard. Okay. Okay, so Liana knows that Xander... Right. Okay, so that, that's a good point. So if you think of it that way, if Liana knew that Xander knew, why would Liana kind of take the bait? And my guess on that is that, like, this is also in the moment. So from us, we're, you know, watching the episode unfold, and we're thinking to ourselves, like, this is going to be an obvious fake out, or maybe it's not an obvious fake out. Maybe Xander's just making a dumb move. Um, but I think Liana, you know, she's kind of thinking to herself also, like maybe there's a chance that they still trust me. Um, maybe they think that maybe Liana thinks, well, maybe they think that I'm going to use this on the seer instead. Um, also Xander could have technically been showing her the idol. So she has to make an on the spot decision of whether or not to use that advantage or not. If he's showing you the idol, it's very hard to like, like she would have looked, if that was the real thing, she would have looked so dumb if she was like, Evie, do you have the idol? Or, you know, you know what I mean? Or actually Tiffany in this case had it, but she, it would have been, it would have been, if she had got that wrong, like, like, okay, so Tiffany had it and they all thought Evie had it. So she, if she was like, Evie, do you have the idol? And she was wrong. Like it, it maybe even, and like, let's just say Xander happened to have the real one then it would have been such a bad look for her. It would have been like such an overthink. So she was almost like, all right, I'm not going to overthink this. Maybe Xander just making a dumb move. I think personally, now, again, we could go through the social psychology of all of this crazy stuff, and there's just so much to unpack. I think, and I mentioned this in, in previous podcasts, I said, if I were Liana, I would not rush to use this advantage because, and in this case, she should have, she should not have rushed at all. She should have held on to it because one, she, it's not like she had to play it tonight. Two, I understand that nothing's guaranteed in this game. She wanted to get the thing while she could. But at the same time, it was like everyone knew it and everyone was expecting her to play it. So they were able to plan for it. If she had kind of held on to it for maybe a week or two, or I should say a few days or so in terms of the game, then I think people would have been less expecting and being like, well, hmm, maybe Leon, you know, Leon hasn't played it yet. Maybe she'll play it tonight. Maybe she'll play it in two tribals. Maybe she'll play it tonight. Um, But then again, that could have put a target on her back. But I personally think that she made the wrong move. And I mean, it's clear in my opinion, but she, I think she made the wrong, I think she made the wrong move to use it tonight. I think she should have waited a little bit. I think she felt pressured to use it because she found out that Deshaun was the, 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 what it was the trio. The trio wanted to go for Deshaun and they have their core four. So I don't think she wanted to risk losing Deshaun. Now, granted to your point, um, they could think to themselves, okay, like if we have a core group here, we can maybe put, I don't know, like if Deshaun's like, we have to vote for Sydney no matter what, then maybe you put like you know, three or four votes on Sydney, three or four votes on, on Evie. The trio only has the three of themselves. Maybe they could have just split the votes without having to use her advantage. But right. I, I feel like she right. felt pressure in the moment. The, the biggest thing that we'll talk about here tonight is that Shan, and I, I, I love Shan. I will always say that Shan is an amazing player and really fun to watch. She really put Liana in a bad spot after last week telling in front of Tiffany. And again, I, we don't know. We'll have to hear from post-game interviews. We don't know if Shan did that intentionally and she just was not thinking clearly. Did she accidentally slip up because of lack of food and she also wasn't thinking clearly? Or did they show us uh, or off camera that the, the three of them make a deal and then that's why she said it? I, I, I Dylan, for the life of me, I cannot think still why Shan did this because if – they, if the trio did not know about Liana's advantage tonight, this whole episode would have been completely different. 
So I'm a little bit worried for Shan going forward. And I don't, I want to get more, I want to talk about the vote in tribal council more before we kind of get into this, but Shan is kind of appearing in a merge setting to be a little bit too pushy. And I almost feel like that at some point they're going to kind of get annoyed by it and possibly blindsider. But again, we could get that. We get, we get into that way later in this, in this, yeah. uh, in this uh, podcast episode. I do want to focus. There's a lot more to cover. In, There's a lot yeah. To cover. I do want to focus more in on the vote on everything that happened. Um, again, now, the other thing that we have is we we just, we kind of discuss the numbers and the social strategy. I mean, should Liana use the advantage? Who should she go to go to ask? What we're missing here is that Sydney goes home. Sydney is the first player in Survivor history to use the shot in the dark, and we've been waiting to see this. Now, now, Ryan, as we kind of spoke through before we got on here, do you want to talk through what would have happened had Sydney, you know, not used the shot in the dark and instead voted? what the numbers would have been like and also opinion is on Sydney actually using the shot in the dark. Yeah. So this is really interesting in terms of the numbers. I feel like I, you know what, you know what I should have done for my bit tonight. I should have pulled the, the Jeff probes from Cambodia. I should have had like a whiteboard behind me and like, wrote <laughs> out, okay, they're together there together. Like I should have just did that. Cause that would have been a lot easier. Um, So in terms of the vote breakdown and what would have happened, th- there are 12 people voting tonight. Um, Forget extra votes, forget shots in the dark. There are 12 people alive in the game still. Sydney plays for Shot in the Dark. Now, Dylan, what we learned tonight, because back when we first heard about Shot in the Dark, we didn't know, do you lose your vote anyway? Or if you risk your vote and you're wrong, you lose it. But if you're right, you keep it. We didn't know the specifics. Now we know for sure, if you play your shot, you are getting rid of your vote no matter what. It just comes down to whether you're safe or not. So Sydney plays it. She opens up her scroll and it says, not safe. So now there are 11 votes left. Deshaun, however, decides to play his extra vote tonight. And I, I I can't blame him. He really thought he was in danger. And he could have been. He could have been if they played the idol. And they didn't. And, they, 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 and if they didn't split the votes. So Deshaun plays his extra vote. This now goes back up to 12 votes. We're now left with a 5-4-3 vote. Now, Dylan, to your point, you asked me what would have happened if um, Sydney didn't risk her vote. So from what we see in the episode... Evie, Tiffany, Xander, and Sydney all seem to be sitting together. And then the rest of the, the group is all in a huge huddle over there. And it sounds like <laughs> they called Nasir over. They're like, Nasir, get over here. I guarantee you if the other four tried to walk up, they would have stopped. So those four were clearly on the outs there. So I don't know if Sydney would have realized, oh, I should vote for Evie because she's the next likely to go. Because if she voted for Deshaun Dillon, it would have been 5-4-4 four, four, and she, she still would have been gone. I think it would come down. To, no, my math is wrong. Right now. No, I think you're right. No, no, I am right. I'm right. It, it, it would have been five, four, four if she voted for Deshaun and she still would have went home. If she votes for Evie, it's now five, five, three. And then the tribe would revote between Evie and uh, Sydney. Wait, that's, and I, that's I feel pretty confident. You know what, the, math, the math is wrong because that would be. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. Because no, there's right, an extra right, vote. Right. So it is 13. Okay, okay, it, it is sorry, 13. Sorry. Yeah, so if. If yeah. it goes to five five three, and also again, apologies if we lose anybody. We ourselves are still figuring this out. Um, if it's five five three, if Sydney doesn't risk it and she votes for Evie, then it's five five. And I think in that case, if they revote, I'm pretty confident the tribe gets rid of um that they the tribe gets rid of Evie there. I think that the the, the the trio seems to be very strong, and I think they would rather keep a Luvu a Luvu member. So I really do think that Evie would have went if Sydney didn't risk it. But I feel like I need to look at it again. So 
I think it was the right move for Sydney to use the shot in the dark for, for the reason you said is she's probably not voting for Evie in this case. Um, one, because they didn't, she didn't even know at the time if they were going to even use the idol for Evie, right? Like Xander, like, like Xander could easily like change his mind at the last second and been like Evie, right? So, she, so that's one reason why she wasn't going to vote for Evie. Two, she was just talking to them and I think she would have just naturally voted to Sean personally. I think she would have just voted to Sean and hope that the numbers worked out that way. Um, so I think she made the right, if you're, if your name's on the chopping block in a crazy thing like that, that's kind of what the shot in the dark is made for. It's like, this is your Hail Mary. And, you know, she ended up going home. So I think she was in the right to play the shot in the dark. Obviously she doesn't get lucky. Um, she gets not safe and she ends up going home. Kind of a wild way to end your survivor journey for sure. That, yeah, it, it really is crazy. I, I again, I, at, in this moment, and again, my opinion may change by our next episode. In at this moment, I think she was in the rights because, like you said, it's not like it's um, okay. The merge and everyone, everybody's fair game. Like, um, it's one. You have a one in five chance of going home, and your name is thrown out. She hears from this live tribal. She hears from either like Nasir or from Tiffany. No, I think Tiffany tells her they're Deshaun is throwing out your name. So now she knows. Oh my God, it's me. And if they play this idol and Evie, I could go home. And I think Dylan, you'll agree that the big group was uh, correct to split the votes there. Now it's, I think it's obviously very hard to split the votes because it can always go wrong. If somebody votes the wrong way, or if somebody's lying to you, it's a really, or if, thing to... yeah. Or if like, like Nasir could have flipped the other way, for example. Exactly. So that, that's why splitting, that, that, right. that's so why splitting the votes. Yeah. And that's why splitting the votes is like, it's always a good strategy, but it's always risky because you never fully know if everybody will stick to it. Um, so I am impressed in the moment that big group realized, okay, we have to split to split here because we can't risk voting for Evie and then uh, De- Deshaun goes home and we can't r- risk voting for all for Sydney. And then they play a, a trickaroo place on um, play on Sydney and then Deshaun goes home. So they were right to split the votes. Um, I'm wondering if now, now granted the trio is still alive. I'm wondering now, and we could talk about this for the preview for next episode. Do you think it's going to be like the eight versus the trio, or do you think it's going to be a lot more fractured than that? Because it sounds like, because I'm wondering, I, like if I, if I'm if I'm Liana, Shan, Danny, and Sean, if I'm the core four, obviously Liana now is in a bad spot because Yasa does not trust her at all, and they probably want to keep gunning for her, so she's in a bad spot. But as long as the four of them gets a final four, I feel like they don't care who else goes home. So it's still a win that Deshaun is safe, right? Yeah, I want to kind of hold your point and go back to it later, later in the podcast. But I think you bring up a lot of good points. Um, I think that there's so many different ways it could goes, uh, go. I'm leaning towards that that eight is definitely going to fracture, um, especially by next episode. But um, I definitely want to go now to, oh, okay. Before we move on from, before we just do a, a, a chronological recap of the episode, I want to bring up one more thing that could have happened theoretically to save Sydney. And that is Xander has an extra vote still. Am I correct on that? Yes, he has. I should know this because they they literally had a previously on. I think he has an extra vote and he has an idol. So here's what I was thinking. So technically, and this is what I thought happened was going to happen originally. I thought that they were going to hedge Sydney's shot in the dark by playing Xander's extra vote. Okay. Because then that would give them an extra number that Sydney gave away by using the shot in the dark. So I thought that they were going to kind of be like, well, if you're going to use the shot in the dark, I'll use the extra vote and try to save you. Um, and in that case, they could have put the vote on. They could have put the vote on, I guess, Deshaun. And then he he still would have. 
uh, he still doesn't go home. So here's the thing. But but bottom bottom line is I thought that they could have possibly used the extra vote. Even they could have told Sydney not to use the shot in the dark. Let's okay. There, there's so many different scenarios here, but let's just say they, wait, they told wait, wait, Sydney. Wait. Before you go through chronologically, the, the only problem with your theory there is that if they do play the extra votes and they play it, and, and let's just say Xander says we're going to vote for Deshaun because that was their plan, then Sydney still goes home because only three votes were for Deshaun. So well, I, I need what to if, find out. Who, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yes, you're, you're right on that point. But what if they said, okay, don't sacrifice your vote. Vote with us, Deshaun, and we'll use the extra vote on Deshaun. And then it would have been 5-5. Five, five. They could have told you that, but I guarantee you Sydney was probably panicking at that point. And she's like, I have yeah. to, I have to save myself. I have to look out for myself. So right. yeah, if she doesn't risk it and then they all vote together, then Deshaun then would hop up to five votes if Sydney votes and if um and if Xander plays the extra votes. But I still think on the revote though, I still think Sydney would go would go though, I feel like. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right about that. Okay. So I just wanted to throw out that that's that was a possible scenario. Ultimately. Xander definitely felt like Sydney was not worth using the extra vote for. He could use that, you know, later in the game. Um, but let's get let's get right to the uh, chronological recap here and kind of just go backwards in the episode. So what Survivor made it seem like the big part of the episode was going to be was Erica's decision to smash the uh, hourglass or not. We all knew what she was going to do. Just sit, you know, not not that not that we knew, not that we actually knew, but everyone knew she was going to smash it, and that's exactly what happened. We started this episode. I was a little disappointed in terms of like I was like, oh no, we're going down this path again of like it could be another bad episode. But we had, you know, the most like anticlimactic six minutes to start the show of like Erica, you know, kind of just like deciding and then actually doing it, and we all knew it was going to happen anyway. And Survivor kind of seemed to make it seem like it was an actual decision, which it wasn't. Erica, as you look. It's as simple as this. If Erica does not smash that thing, she goes home tonight and it's not even it's not even close. You see the way that you know things happen once you're immune and once a merge happens. It's like so much everything could be completely chaotic, but if you have immunity, no one could touch you. And that's what Erica had to do. They would have had the easiest vote if Erica does not smash it. So she had to do it. Simple as that. Yeah, I um like it's, uh, I, I I, I I think if you pulled Twitter or if you even pulled the casuals, I feel like 90% of people would have guessed correctly that she would smash it. I mean, people on Twitter, Dylan, were saying last week that if that was them, because they clearly knew that they were in date. First of all, Erica was vulnerable. The biggest problem with this twist, and there's a lot of problems with this, one big issue is that Erica herself is in danger. And if you yourself are in danger and you have a one in six ch- chance of going home, I don't care who is on that other, the safe tribe from your form, former tribe. You're going to smash it because of self-preservation. You want to be safe at the merge. If Erica herself was safe and it's like, okay, you can either give safety to these people or not, then it's maybe a little bit more interesting. But the fact that she herself was in danger, people on Twitter were like, if that was me, Jeff would have put it down and I would have smashed it before he even walked away. Like, like there's no chance she wasn't smashing it. So to your point, it was really anticlimactic. And especially since I watched last week before tonight. So I really had the whole like two hours in a row it was so obvious that Erica was going to smash it. So I really wish in a way, I almost wish they just opened up and just started at the challenge and, and cut out, you know, the first part, just because it really was like, all right, just let us get to the challenge. Someone's going to be uh, in, uh, safe. And the other six are now not safe. So. Right. It, so yeah, we, it, it could we, be better. we did have that uh, 
character building moment from Eric on Exile, which, by the way, that was good. crazy, crazy storm that there was on Exile. So good for her for getting through that and, you know, really staying strong through that. Now we head to obviously the challenge where Erica, Heather, Liana, Tiffany, Xander, and Shan become safe. Sydney, Nasir, Danny, Deshaun, Evie, and Ricard are now in danger. Ricard wins a very close immunity to Sydney um, in what was a classic survivor challenge with the feet. Um, building the tower we look we've seen this challenge so many times i think this is a great individual immunity challenge and i think that's why they keep bringing it back um uh, i would i don't way, know about you i would be so bad at this i, I would be i would so be awful terrible. you know what i was terrible. thinking the whole time is like they didn't even show danny the entire immunity challenge this is probably the the, the single most immune the single hardest immunity challenge for danny on the entire season well, his feet be. must be huge like danny's probably like i right, have no right, shot at right. this Right, like his feet are probably like can't like grasp the like like his feet are like too big to like do that kind of thing. So like that that's ultimately what cost him there. But look, this is the first time you know he's Danny is doing such a good job of not only keeping shields around him but also you know being so good uh, socially that yeah. that his target is nothing right now. It, so yeah, so seems- far. Yeah, so far, I feel like no one has said Danny's name yet. Now, granted, it's Survivor, and we, we, we've we heard from Steven. We've heard from a lot of people that when you're on a six-person tribe, there's very few places to hide, so everyone's name gets thrown out at some point. I'm sure someone said Danny's name, maybe. But from what we've seen on the episode, Danny, as far as I can think of, out of the 11 people left, he's the only name I think that we really haven't heard mentioned so far. Because at least, at least everybody else has said, oh, I don't trust this person, or this person can go, so... I think Danny so far is doing a really good job and I'm very impressed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we also had a slight, so record wins, record wins immunity. We had a slight update to the shot of shot in the dark also. So now that there are 12 people left, there are two safe scrolls um, and still a one in six chance to be safe. So nothing changes in terms of the odds. Um, and then we have a, and then we, you know, kind of pan back to the beach and that is where all strategy, you know, broke loose. And I'm so happy that tonight we got to see so much strategy from basically everybody because we hadn't seen a lot of it. This was like really like classic survivor. And again, I can't stress it enough and you can't stress it enough. And everybody who watches the show can't stress it enough. The more classic of an episode that it is in terms of the challenge being really good in terms of, you know, the people who win the challenge, not being told that they now lost the challenge in terms of just pure strategy. I mean, survivor has the formula already. I mean, this is just, this was, that's what people want to see. Yeah. I mean, again, like we said before, it's no coincidence that coincidence that this is the seventh episode of the season and the episodes that were very advantage heavy were kind of received poorly and the episodes that were more classic and focus more on the people themselves and the game that they're playing were rated more highly. It, it's not a coincidence. So I do think that this episode uh, was just really interesting. I can't wait to dive more into the actual strategy because like you said, Dylan, earlier in the episode, earlier in the podcast, we were done with the challenge by like eight, 14, eight, 15. Like we were, we were back to camp very, very soon. And, and you texted me and you said, oh, we're going to have a long tribal or we're going to get to tribal early. I think we had like, I don't know, 15 minutes of tribal. It was a very long tribal session and I'm sure it was super long in real life. I'm sure it was like two hours in real life or whatever it was. Um, but that's when the show was the best. When you're seeing these players interact, um, you're seeing them. And actually, and, and also from Dylan, from a storytelling perspective, like it was so cool not only to see them strategizing, but to reference things we saw earlier in the episode. And that's why I love that we got the previously on to show not only who had what advantage, which 
also proves we have way too many advantages, but it also shows who went to the islands with who and who has a relationship because the Danny and Evie trip paid so much dividends tonight. Like it really came back in a really big way. The Deshaun and Evie. Did I say Danny? Yeah. <laughs> in my defense, in my defense, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of D names, Deshaun, Danny, um, but um, um, technically David was Voce, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Because we had earlier in the episode, we see uh, one group say, okay, we're voting for Evie. And Deshaun's like, oh, I don't want to do it because I like Evie. We had a good trip, but she has to go. Then on the other side, oh, we're going to vote out Deshaun. Evie's like, I don't want to vote out Deshaun, but he has to go. So that was great from a storytelling perspective. And then I don't want to skip too far ahead because we'll, we'll get back to tribal later. But later, Evie's um, secrets that were revealed really came back uh, later. And and wait, actually saying Danny could have could have been true because what I didn't even realize is Danny and Xander had a huge conversation in this episode. Now we, I'm forgetting that they had the summit in the very first episode. So they knew each other before. And as a result, Xander's kind of telling Danny everything. Why Xander did that, I have no idea, but it ends up being kind of a major reason why the fake out works so well. So good, you know, good, good execution on Yase, that Yase three. Um, But, you know, I want to keep, you know, kind of going along with this, you know, chronological order thing, referring to other things that happened in order here. Ricard thinks, you know, Nasir had an, has an idol, which obviously he knows he does because he said, I'm confused as a ghost on, as a goat on AstroTurf. So everyone knows Nasir has the idol. So they were kind of afraid to go for him tonight. But again, I think Nasir's name is, you know, one that's going to be consistently thrown out for a while. Um, you even saw tonight, he seemed to be on the bottom of that eight. Like he was kind of flipping back and forth and they like had to quickly bring him in. Um, so I think Nasir's name is one to watch going forward in terms of like people that they're going to vote out. Um, we also saw, and you, and you kind of referenced this before, this was a pretty big episode from Liana as she was kind of the Shan of the previous episodes where she was the focal point of all the strategy, all the decisions that were happening. So, um, I feel like, like you said, Ricard knows that, uh, Nasir has the idol, which is the weird part of the season that I'm still getting used to as an old school fan where, no longer are the days where everything's a secret. Now a lot of things are out in the open and people now have changed the game where you're not navigating as much through the unknowns. You're kind of navigating through a lot of the knowns and like that, you know, who has what, and it's more about how are you going to counteract that? And granted still a little bit of, Oh, we don't know what they have, but I feel like a lot of information is being shared, which is crazy. And in terms of, you know, the vote getting flipped onto Sydney instead of Nasir because they're like, oh, well, Nasir has an idol. We can't risk it tonight. Although I highly doubt if they voted for Nasir, Nasir would have seen it coming. And I think Nasir could have gone home with it. So I don't know what, what the case there was. But the reason why I'm bringing this up as well, Dylan, is because last episode, and this is why I'm glad I watched them back to back, we see Danny talking at the merge feast about like, look, Evie, we were kind of nervous because a lot of guys are going home. And he says in confessionals, I need a girl to go home next. So Erica has to go. Well, Erica's now safe. So Danny, your two choices now are either Sydney or Evie. And they don't want to get rid of Sydney right away because she's a Luvu. So they're like, okay, well, let's maybe vote for Evie. And I think because Deshaun's name came up, that's why they were so fine throwing Sydney under the bus because they wanted Deshaun to be safe. But in their minds, a girl has to go home tonight. So I think that's also another big reason, unfortunately, like why Sydney got kind of screwed there. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. I Honestly, that didn't even cross my mind. So obviously they wanted to keep Deshaun safe, but they had no problem cutting Sydney because now the men are kind of gaining. Because now with there's 11 people left, the women now have only a one 
person lead instead of a two a two lead right so that that is still fresh on in, in their minds um another thing here and again i i kind of want to keep referencing stuff that you know happened chronologically so yeah I, I mentioned liana she has you know all these big decisions evie tiffany and xander strategizing um you know they had this whole thing where xander's like you're completely fine so we know how tight xander and evie are um because you know he was like 100 percent. i'm giving it to you if you need it and that that idol now which they still have, but didn't use it tonight. So keep that in mind. That idol is a hundred percent a shared idol from them three. And while Xander is assuming Tiffany gives it back to Xander, which she would, which she probably will. Xander might be in possession of it, but at least for these next few votes, that's going to come into huge handy for them because let's think about it now. And I, I kind of, now is when I, is when I kind of want to talk about the future game going forward. Um, even though we're still referencing things that happened in the episode, technically, Based on the numbers tonight, it should be an 8-3 going forward with the three Yase tight. However, the big thing is that Xander has the idol, or assuming that Tiffany gives it back, Xander has the idol. He could easily use it for feel like they are in that eight. We have Erica for sure, I think, could possibly see herself in trouble. Because think about this. If you're Erica, you come back, you're safe. So, you know, you're not even on the chopping block. So they're um, obviously they're going to take you in because you're safe and, you know, you were the target, but now you're safe. So we can't even vote you out. So we may as well use you as a number because you were on our tribe before. She's going to see them and how they cut off Sydney, even though she was a Luvu. And she's going to be like, it could still be me next, even though I voted with them last time. So I think you have eight and three. I think Erica flips over to the other side. I think that Heather has a decent chance to flip over to the other side as well, despite the fact that Heather seems like she kind of hated Sydney and they hated each other. So maybe she is more with them, uh, Danny and Deshaun, than we kind of know. I think Nasir is very capable of flipping over to the other side also, just because he's simply just a complete wild card. So I think that there's a lot of moving parts here, mainly with, you know, you have an 8-3 right now, but I I, I think it could be flipped 6-5 um, based on the fact that you got, you know, Erica, who I think could flip, Heather, who I think could flip, uh, Nasir, who I think could flip, and then I'm leaving out one more that's kind of in the middle. Um, oh, no, never mind. I, Ricardus, Ricardus is with those four right now. So, yeah, I think that that is what's going to happen next time. I think that you could – is that those three Yase need to try and bring in those three kind of floaters, I should say, or maybe people that aren't as attached to them. So I feel like – Next episode is going to be very important for a lot of reasons, but one is that it's going to maybe show us either through confessionals or just out in the open who is aligned with who, because I think it could easily be like you're, we're saying kind of now we're at eight, three with the big eight versus the Yase three. Um, Cause that's what it showed. And it could be very similar to Cambodia where you have the big group, like Jeremy's group and Joe's group and Savage's group along with uh, Tasha and Steven against the witches of uh, Kelly and Sierra and Abby. So, so it could be simply eight to three. It also could just be for that one vote. They wanted to get rid of Evie because, okay, this is a critical vote. There's only five people eligible to go home. We have to make sure Evie's gone and Deshaun is safe. And then next week it's like, oh, well, clearly we're still going to go for them, but we might want to vote out one of our own again. I feel like it could be eight, three, but if they show me next week that it's three here, the four core four here, and then the people in the middle are ripe for the picking. I would not be surprised. Yeah, that's how I think it's going to go. I mean, a lot of these people in the middle, like, like we even see saw it with Erica's confessionals. She's going to sort of feel like she has to make big moves. There's going to be a lot of flipping potential here. Um, and I think one of the main main big takeaways of tonight's episode 
is, and it's kind of, I don't want to say it's going overlooked, but we're not really talking about it, is that, and obviously Luvu has not been to tribal council, but Deshaun is seen as clearly a massive threat by everybody. And I'm not really sure I expected that. Te- you know, technically in, in other seasons, you would kind of think, well, you know, Deshaun's the social one. Danny's the physical one. Danny may be seen as a threat first, but, you know, we're in a very new school survivor here. People are seeing that, you know, Deshaun might be the strategist might be the guy who's, you know, socially on everyone's good side. Everyone loves him. And I think Deshaun being a huge threat um, is very interesting. Obviously, it's a massive help for Shan, Ricard, Danny, and Liana, the ones that are aligned with him, the fact that he's the shield. So I I think that was very interesting. It was like, all right, we could have got rid of Danny. We could have um, we could have voted for Danny, but, you know, we instead are going to, you know, Deshaun is our target. So I, I think that was interesting you know, that's definitely going to play a role later in the season. I'm curious to see if Deshaun ends up going before Danny does. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, again, from what we've seen so far, Deshaun's name has at least been brought up once now in this season and Danny's name hasn't at all. Um, and yeah, and obviously this show is why, you know, Evie Zander and Tiffany are, you know, good players because they pick up on the fact that Deshaun is social, but he also um, is thinking about the game in a deep way. So I, I'm not surprised that um his name did come up oh, I, I guess i was a little surprised because I, I thought deshaun was in a good spot but it's clear that if you're playing the game and people see it then you're going to be targeted i think i also just wanted to go back to that trio again in terms of the episode where you know i just i just cannot believe that and and again this is again why i'm happy i watched them back to back because it showed last week the tiffany liana connection is starting to fracture and then we see it completely come to a head here where uh, now Tiffany runs and tells Evie after saying it's to Liana, I'm not going to tell Evie about this. And then, like I said, then Tiffany tells Xander, Xander tells, and, and Liana's knowledge is power. Ironically, the knowledge about her knowledge is power is what killed that advantage, basically. Yeah. Um, I thought that, that, look, a lot of people criticized that advantage. I think it ended up working completely perfectly. Like the fact that everyone knew that she had the, everyone had the knowledge that she had the knowledge. See, but you know, but you know, the producers are, Dylan, I'm telling you, and this is what I said, that that they do too much. There's too many advantages and it's going to blow up in their face. And what happened? You know, for a fact that the producers, like the, um, like the, um, the first season they had the Island nullifier and it worked. They were like, oh yes, this worked. It paid off. Yeah. You know, they wanted Xander or whether it, Tiffany was holding it. And Tiffany was holding it in the end, but whoever was holding it, they wanted them to give it to Liana and say, wow, this, this advantage worked. You know, they but wanted I, that. I know they wanted that, but I don't, I don't think that this was a bad, a bad, uh, uh, like I'm kind of happy it didn't work. I'm yeah, I, I think, happy I'm, I'm happy it didn't work. I think it adds an extra layer for future seasons if they want to go back to that. Um, it, it, I mean, look, Xander again pulled off an incredible, incredible, you know, performance, and credit to Evie and Tiffany also who were on, in on that. I'm really liking that three um, going forward, and I think that if they could, you know, socially kind of work their way in with some of the others and you know use the idol correctly. Look, we see a lot of times, and I know we've seen it in season 19. We've seen it several other times. We have seen some very, very tight alliances overcome a massive number deficit. You know, all of a sudden, one of them wins immunity, and then, okay, now you have only two people that that you that you have to decide to give the idol to, and then, oh, you use it correctly, you, you get another one back. 
up oh, the other one the other big number uh alliance has a fracture okay they vote at one of their own now all of a sudden you're you're, you're right in it maybe we, next time for they they may have one man and one woman that are safe and maybe xander and tiffany both win immunity and then all of a sudden well now Evie's the only target and she could use her idols. So, oh, we have to vote one of her own again. So I, I think I'm very curious to see how far this Yase three could go. I think the fact that they have the idol and still the extra vote as well, they could do a lot of damage in this game. And I think it's going to be very tricky to try and get them out. And that's the beauty of survivor where um, we've seen from the past 40 seasons, like you've said, we've seen tight groups go far, tight, tight small groups go far, like in Samoa, like in, um, like in, you know, in, in Philippines with Nakam and Denise. So we see it all the time. But then again, we also see times where there's a three person or a two person, like, you know, a little group, and then they become kind of like the outcast of the tribe and people go for them. And then it doesn't work like, like in worlds apart or in like, um, in, uh, what else? Like, Oh, like, like Philippines with like Abby and Pete and our artists. Like yeah. there's times where the, where the small group goes far and there's times where it doesn't work out. So, I could see it going either way, which is why I think that this is going to be really in interesting to see how it plays out. My question to you as we keep going through the episode is um, with the ESA three, because they were a big part of this episode. When Deshaun at tribal council told Xander, Hey, by the way, Evie told me that you had something and Xander's like, I did not know that. I did not know she, she uh, told you. Um, do you think that's going to matter at all? Like, or do you think Xander's like, you know what? I can move past it. Or, or do you think there's going to be a small little seed where let's just say down the road, Xander knows, oh, okay. I used the extra vote already. I used the idol. It's either me or Evie. And he completely just like throws Evie under the bus. Do you feel like? Okay. Well, now that you bring it up like that, I'm wondering if he didn't want to use the idol on Evie for that reason, but. Ooh. I, okay. This is a good theory. I, I like this. I like this. So, yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if he was like, all right, I'm with Evie right now, but I'm not willing to give her to go down to give my idol for her if like one of us are going home anyway. So, you know what? Maybe that he could have done that. But my gut, knowing what we know about Xander, I think he's going to forgive her. And it's just going to be like it was early in the game. Alliances were different. Things were different that happened. I think that was like the second episode of the season, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like that's all the way back on like day three or day five or whatever. It's like that happened so long ago at that point, so long ago in the game that you're just like, all right, I have to forgive her and work with her. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, maybe he's a little bit w less willing to give. I think they'll still work together. And I still think they'll be incredible, incredibly tight. Maybe he's just less willing to like lay his life on the line for her in that. Case. Exactly. He has to work with her right now because in survivor, you have to, work with the people you can trust and clearly he knows evie's not gunning for him at this moment there are way bigger fish to fry namely liana now in front of him so he has to work with her i'm not saying in the near term he wants to get rid of her because she's a key part in his of his alliance and she's a good vote in his pockets um but i'm just throwing it out there that th there's a chance that if this trio is still there at the final six or the final seven or we start to get towards the end of the season and and then he realizes, okay, Evie's getting a lot of power. She's very strong. I could see him saying, all right, now that I have more power in this game myself, I no longer need her. But in the near term, that that Yase 3 is going to stick together for sure. The other thing I want to watch with Xander, and I don't know when this is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think it's a possibility is that if, you know, they kind of whittle it down to, let's say, so 10, 9, 8. Let's say they get around 8. I think this Xander Danny alliance type thing 
could possibly be very important going forward. Now you have to, you have to think, you have to think to yourself and say, all right, if you're Danny, you want to keep those four, the, the other three in that core four around you as a shield right now. But you're going to hit a point in the game if you're Danny where you're like, all right, I am the target because I'm physical. I'm going to have to make a big move. Xander is my avenue to make that big move because he's on the other other alliance and we have a good relationship with each other. So I think that we could see Xander and Danny working together at some point in the season when Danny realizes that he can no longer use the shields and he's just going to have to play his own game. Um, I think that's right now, if, if I were to say like Xander, uh, Danny's best path to get to the end that is what I think it is. I think it's ride the shields as long as you could. And then when you need to cut them off, Xander's the guy you take. But if I'm Danny, I'm doing the the most I could to keep Xander in the game, no matter what. Um, if the, if the, if the, you know, the vote, let's say they, if they want to vote Xander next week, if I'm Danny, I'm kind of pushing them to, you know, vote Ebby or Tiffany instead. Like I, if that is, that is, you know, from Danny's perspective, what I think he should do going forward. So just going to, just going to throw that out there as I think that's an interesting alliance, you know, by the summit to watch. And the other thing, thing that I'm wondering is because again, we still haven't seen a regular merge episode yet. It's like we had this episode tonight, but it was weird because it was broken up into two parts and only five people were eligible to go home. So I'm going to be curious to see next week when all 11, well, technically 10, because someone's going to win immunity, but the people who are everybody else will be vulnerable that night. I'm going to wonder to see how it's going to play out because now Dylan, the question of the episode is for next time, Danny wanted Erica to go. And a lot of people were like, Oh, Erica's on the out. She has to go. Deshaun wanted to throw a challenge to get rid of Erica. Do they still want to get rid of Erica or do, do they now see this Yase three as a really tight group that has a lot of power in the game with their advantage and their idol that they still have because they didn't use it last night. I'm wondering if Danny and Deshaun will still want a gun for Erica or for the time being, they're going to put that on the back burner and all their focus is going to be on the Asse 3. Because now, because we, we haven't talked about yet, even though Erica did smash the, um, she did smash the hourglass, we didn't see any conversations yet of people saying once erica's uh, available she has to go so i'm wondering if they were upset about it but they kind of put it behind them so i'm really interested to see what's going to happen and that's exactly why it was a no-brainer to smash the hourglass is like people forget quickly so you know it's like so fast. it's right. a 26 day game right. it moves so fast right and then the other thing is just to recap so now there's three three idols left still nobody used their idol so there's yes. three idols three idols left and only one extra vote, is that correct? Or does somebody is, is Xander Shan and Ricard have extra no Shan no no Shan and Xander have extra votes? Okay, Shan Shan and Xander have extra votes. And then is there a steal of votes still? Or is that not a thing? See, again, this is the problem. There's too much happening. Uh and the ch the chat can let us know if we're forgetting something because knowledge is power is now I think, dead. I don't think I think I think it's just I think it's just the two extra votes and then the three idols. That's what I think is left. Because Deshaun uses extra vote tonight. Right. Right. And my guess is that with the numbers so big, these three idols and the two extra votes are gonna come out within the next they're gonna be played within the next couple episodes, I believe. Doesn't Danny have something? No, 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 no. J JD had the extra votes and he gave it and Shan has. Okay, so no, I think in the end, you're right. It's three idols left and two extra votes left. I, I think that's where we're at. And yeah, again, with the numbers so big, I think that they could be used within the next few episodes. And then what's going to get crazy is they're going to, I'm sure that there's more advantages that we've never seen before coming. I'm sure that there's 
idols that could be rehidden after they're played. And I'm sure there's more summits left, even though that they're all in the same tribe now. I'm sure that there's some kind of thing that multiple people leave camp. So I'm curious to see. I personally am rooting for these advantages to be played as soon as possible. I was almost like, that would be great if they empty the pockets tonight because it would be a lot, not only a lot easier for the viewers, but it would be a lot more like raw gameplay. Oh um, yeah. So I, I, again, I think that the good, the best thing possible would be if they're all used quickly. I think that's what's going to happen, but they're probably just going to rehide a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. And, Listen, none of us want advantage getting 2.0 to happen. So the sooner there, these advantages are all gone, the better. I'm already scared Dylan for the final seven or six or whatever. When like, okay most people haven't used their shot yet and like four people use their shot. I'm like, Oh my God, now two people are going to be safe. Plus imagine imagine a scenario Dylan, where it's the final eight and someone was, let's just say Danny's still there. Danny wins immunity. You're down to seven. Now two people play their shot in the dark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A lot of people play their shot in the dark. Oh, but since there's now two of them at the merge, two people are now safe. So now you have only like five people left. Oh, someone plays in the it's just going to get super crazy and hairy. And we lost three last time. I don't want to lose someone like Nasir this time. So I'm not strong enough, Dylan. I can't go through this again. (laughs) Yeah, this was, this was a lot to unpack. Um, Once again, if you're, you know, commenting, thank you. If you're commenting also feel free to ask us any questions and we will, we have a lot of comments and questions to go through. We do. We do have a lot of questions. So let's get right to that. Now I want to kind of get to that. You know, we could go on and on all day, but a lot of people are going to have questions. So I'm curious uh, to sure. hear the questions and what once again before you start just want to shout out everyone for watching live want to remind everyone even you know even if you're watching late of course be sure to like this video be sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already be sure to subscribe apple spotify follow us on twitter instagram leave us a five-star review on apple uh it really helps us out so thank you to everybody watching thank you to everybody listening and yeah if you have any questions feel free to you know float them in the comments right now and we'll answer them yeah, so we, have, we have a lot of good questions and comments, so I, I'm hoping we can get to most of them and obviously keep adding some if you have any more. But the first question was from uh, the Ohio State fan. Always great to see you in the chats about, was that the most whispers and chaos of a tribal ever? So in terms of the live tribals, if you're new here, you might know Dylan and I's thoughts about this. Um, I am not a fan of the live tribal. I think it's fine if people sit, lean over, they whisper. I think that's fine. I think, we, I think we've jumped the gun and we've lost the thread ever since that. And JT did it once. And ever since JT did it, it's just been going downhill from there. And then especially in Edge of Extinction where everybody got up, like that was when it really just got, went way too crazy. Now people are in their own little huddles. And yes, we know they're doing a better job with the subtitles. We know more about what they're saying. I like that. But the problem is that it's just still way too crazy and still way too much to follow. Um, so this was either the most whispers and chaos we've seen or the second most after that Edge of Extinction one, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It was, in my opinion, it was the most, at least the most they showed of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also asked us, um, has there ever been a 5-4-3 vote in Survivor history? So I need to go through my memory or I need to go back to... Um, survivor wiki and check i know for a fact we've had a three two one we've had a couple three two ones and i love a good three two one um we also had last season in uh winners at war we had a four three two i won't spoil who went home because i know we're trying to avoid spoilers so we had a four three two last season have we ever had a five four three i don't think we have my my gut says no my gut says out of the all the 12 person merges i can't think of a five four three vote unless there's one i'm just forgetting but yeah it's that's not super common. We'll tell you that. We'll tell you that right yeah. now. Um, let's see. 
who else had a question in here? Um, does da- does everybody know that Danny was a pro NFL player, or do they think he played in college? So clearly, from tonight's Dylan, you see in his um, in yeah, travel council, actually, Jeff says, yeah, "Go ahead." I actually, I actually was wondering the same thing when he brought it up. He's like, "I've played in a lot of huge arenas. Obviously, that could apply to college." So my guess is that everyone just thinks he played in college, um, not the NFL. Because if you play, if you tell everyone you played in the NFL, then everyone knows you have money. But if you say you just played in college, then everyone's just like, oh, you're a normal person. So I, I think probably people think he played in the NFL, my guess is. Uh, but I, I don't think he's told anyone yet. But obviously, we don't know that for sure. You know, I, I I don't know. I feel like they would have showed us. And maybe they did in the premiere and I just forgot. I don't think they did. Um, I feel like Danny seems like he, he seems like a pretty open book, honestly. Like, obviously, he he wants to play the game and he's very good and very social. I don't think he would lie. I feel like they asked him. Do you remember in the first summit, he said they, he said they asked if he was a pro football player. I think JD asked him that. And he said, what he said, did I know I just played in college? And they said, where? Oh, okay. Okay. So Uh, then you're right. Then to answer Ohio state fans question, then yes. Then he only said college. Uh, I was just wondering if it was like, um, co wrong where, um, I'm pretty sure Scott Pollard. No, 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 no. Was it? Did Scott Pollard say he played in the NBA or did Cliff Robinson straight up say I played in the NBA? So someone straight up said, Cliff, said Robinson, that they were in... Cliff Robinson straight up said it. Yeah. I mean, again, Cliff Robinson is like, what, what was he like seven? You, you can't hide. That was, was Scott Pollard though. Both of them were like seven feet tall. So I mean, Scott but, was very uh, tall. Um, yeah, I think, I think right. as of now, as of now, we only know that people think he played in college, but I'm sure people have assumptions. Yeah. yeah. So we have a couple more questions. And then even if we don't have any questions after that, there are some really good comments we can go through as well. Uh, we always love the interaction, by the way like Dylan always says. So thank you for that. Um, next question comes to us from Kay Bonilla, which is saying, uh, will production let knowledge's power come back into this game? I don't think so. I think that was a one-time thing. If they, if they do that, that would be horrendous. And that would be called out by everybody. So I don't think so. It's just an idol type thing. Now, now to go one step farther, do we think that we will see this in, in another season? Yes. I think we could. I think we could see a variation of it. Um, I feel like Jeff may want to use it again, but I think we're done for the season. Yeah, yeah, we're done with this for the season, but I think it'll be back in the future. I just think my, my biggest problem with these advantages, Dylan, while, while I'm looking for more comments, and obviously if you see any that you want to pull up, feel free to do so. Um, I just feel like, and someone said this on a podcast or online, it's we've honestly gone past Survivor and we've gone just more into like a board game where it's like either go, go fish like monopoly we've gotten into full board game mode where there's a lot of these little nuances that advantages are fine twists are fine idols are fine as long as they're not overpowered and there's not too many of them if there's just a few idols it's fine but when you get to the point where someone says do you have an idol you cannot lie and you have to give it to them that's where it got went too far if it was just simply do you have an idol here have you ever played mafia no okay so if anyone's ever played Mafia, there's different types of roles. There's obviously the Mafia, and then, then there's the townspeople. One of the townspeople roles is the detective. Now, the detective at night can investigate one person of their choosing. Now, they can investigate and see, okay, I'm going to look at Jake. I'm going to look at Jill. I'm sorry, Jake or Jill, whoever it is. And you can find out, are they in the, in the Mafia or are they not in the Mafia? Now, just to let you know, if you haven't played Mafia before, you would think, oh, why would you just say the next morning who's in the Mafia if you're part of the town? But of course, then if you say that, the mafia might want to kill you at night because you have information. The point is, is that if this was like the detective and Liana could just ask Xander and get a yes or no answer, 
then I think it would have been more fair because she then gets to ask him and then get it. That's where I feel like we've gone like way too far. And then, right, right, right. It's, it's just it's just getting way way too uh way 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 too crazy. Yep, yep. Uh, Hokey Survivor fan says the winking. I'm not sure what the winking refers to. Uh, I'm trying to think. If, did we miss something in the episode? Or I don't is that know. That yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. But just like again, go the... but again, going back to what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, go to the next question, and if we figured it out, then we could. Oh, you know. while I was looking for the next comment or question, I was saying um, that going back to what I was talking about before, like I guess the reason why my idea can't work and it should is because everyone's just blabbing about what they have. So at this point, like, what is that going to do? Let's just say my advantage was like what 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 what, what was happening, and Liana could ask but not receive it. She just finds out if Xander has it. She already knows he has it because everyone in this game is just blabbing to one another. So I feel like that's why it's just it wouldn't be as powerful. But like, it's just a lot. It's just way too much. Yeah, um, I, I do. I agree with what you're saying. Um, in terms of, I agree with what you're saying in terms of like if if she could just you know ask somebody and then like no and you know what I mean that would make more sense. Uh, Kay Bonilla says, can Xander lower his game after tonight? So I guess what they're asking is, can Xander lower his, his threat level or can Xander, uh, you know, kind of crawl back into the shadows? I feel like it's going to be a no from me because Xander just proved with that fake idol that he had that it was a big, um, it was a big baller play. And Deshaun even said like, hey, if I get voted out tonight, I went home. Xander and Evie, y'all played a great move just then. I feel like Dylan, because of his age, because he's very young, it's almost like a Michael Yerger in Ghost Island, where Michael played an idol correctly in Ghost Island, and he was already a big physical threat, even though he was very, very young. He was like 18. The point is that at he was already being targeted. After that happened, I feel like his life in the game was already like really short. So I feel like after tonight, unless Xander does something crazy that I can't foresee... I got to think Xander's name is going to be on a lot of people's top list, unless yep. you're right, Dylan, and Danny wants to keep him around as a shield. But I, I can't see, I personally can't see Xander getting past past the final five unless he wins out. Yeah, yeah, he he's going to have an uphill battle for sure. Um, let's see, is there any other comments or questions I wanted to address that we haven't heard from here? So this goes back to what we were saying earlier in the podcast from Hokey Survivor fan that, uh, like, maybe thinking about next week. Evie, Xander, and Tiffany are in trouble, but I think they also have Nasir. So like you were saying, Dylan, we really don't know where Nasir sits right now. According to his confessionals, he still thinks he's in good with the Lubu guys. He still wants to be Lubu strong, even though Sydney's gone, but he wants to remain with Danny and Deshaun. So I think I think Nasir could maybe flop back and forth, but I feel like if Deshaun and Danny said, dude, if you're with us, vote with us, I feel like Nasir would stick with them wherever they want to go. See, so Nasir has to be careful about flipping back and forth because if he flips back and forth too early, then they're just going to turn around and vote him out. Like the Luvu people are just going to vote him out. Um, he has to kind of wait until like him flipping would be like the swing vote. If that makes sense, I think. So he probably has to hold that in my, if I were him. And I, again, I still think it's possible. He, he goes earlier, which I think would be the wrong move, but I think he needs to kind of stick around for maybe one or two more votes and then could kind of flip depending on what the numbers are. Yeah, I feel I feel like um and and again this year does have an idol. I would love to see him play it correctly. I would hate for it to go I would hate for him to go home with it in his pockets. Um but yeah, he has to just be careful and 
he has to just know when is the right time to use it and who he has to really um who he has to who he has to stick with. Uh, let's see. There's only like one or two more questions I think that we have so far. Um, let's see. Um, oh, so Dylan, another interesting thing is a couple people are asking us about Shannon Ricard and like you know, will Shannon Ricard make the final five together? Will they be in the final four? Are they in the best position right now because there's other threats? So, I mean, Ricard won in immunity tonight. Now, I would be curious to know, Dylan if Ricard would have gunned for it as hard if he was not one of six eligible to go home. Because I feel like we've seen in the past, most people who win the first challenge, whether you're like, you're like an Aussie, you're like a Andrea, you're going to get targeted soon after because you're, you're a physical threat. I actually would like to go back on the survivor wiki and I'll do this offline. I want to see just statistically Dylan, how many first immunity winners at the merge how many how many of them have won the game because i guarantee you it's very very low so i'm wondering if ricard would have gunned for it if he was not one of six ready to go home but other than that i think shannon ricard are in a very good spot right now i think this is a good point that's made here in the comments because you know we we've kind of just kind of seen them from our perspective as huge threats but the truth is is that there was no tribe swap so they may be the two last last standing but not everyone may think that they're the two biggest threats like we think they're the two biggest threats. Everyone, everyone else just may think that they're two other people and not two other big threats. So they, while we were saying, well, Shan's threat level is too big for her to stay around long. They don't know, like they haven't seen what went on, 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 uh, the, on the green tribe, Ua tribe. So to other people in the game, they're not exactly looking at Shannon Ricard right now. They're kind of just floating into the background. So I think that they are in a very good position right now. And again, we saw on Ua that Shan right away was able to make connections with everybody. I guarantee you she's already done that in the merge. She, she probably already made a great connection. She already has Ricard. She already has Liana. She now has Danny and Deshaun. I guarantee you, you give Shan 30 minutes with Heather. They're pretty close. I'm sure she and Erica hit it off. So I think Shan is going to be in a good spot. Again, the good thing about the next time on Survivor is that we didn't get any spoilers. Like, we have no idea who's going home because you see, like, oh, is it Tiffany? Is it Xander? Is it is it is it uh, Deshaun? Is it Erica? Is it Heather? Like, every, everyone's name is getting thrown out. So I feel like we don't know what's going to happen next week. But I would be surprised, Dylan, if it's Shannon Ricard. I, I would think if you had to tell me, name five people who could go, who could go home next week, I think it's the Yase Trio. It could be Deshaun. It could even be Erica. It could be Nasir. I just don't think Shannon Ricard are going to go home yet. They still have a, a ways to go, I think. Yep, I agree. And then the last question I see here is back from Ohio State for the win. Do you two think a lot of these similar advantages will continue in season 42 since they filmed 42 before they can get live feedback from the fans? I hope 43 tones the advantages down. I, I think this is a great question to end on, Dylan. Um, do you want to go first? 42 is going to have similar advantages in terms of the number of advantages just because it's back-to-back -back seasons and they filmed them back-to-back -back without seeing the reception that they got for it. However, I'm going to go to what my prediction is for season 43, and I think that this could very well be right, and if not, it's going to happen season 44, is I think that they are going to see that people were kind of unhappy with this season, at least so far, People, if it's the same thing for 42, people will kind of be unhappy with 42. We've seen the ratings are not great right now. They're going down pretty much every single episode, which is unfortunate to see. But but if you're a survivor, ratings is what's going to keep the show going. So 
what I think they do in an attempt to get ratings back up, but also give the people what they want and go back to the basics. Kind of, I think that they eliminate a lot of the advantages for 43. And I think that 43 or 44, my guess is 43 will be a returnee season in some capacity. I think second chance two would be probably the best way to go for this. That's my prediction. See, I've been thinking a lot about this. Well, actually two things. One is to, to address um, the question. And then number two is to address returnees. Um, in terms of Ohio State's question, I feel like, yes, Dylan's right. We are going to see similar advantages because they filmed them pretty back-to-back. And Jeff keeps saying, this is a new era. Drop the four, keep the one. There's a monster, yada, yada, yada. Um, I really do think that they're, they're going to see similar things because they were done in tandem. I would say, though, that I hope 43 dials down the advantages because now Jeff is seeing some feedback. I mean, Dylan, you can give me your thoughts. I'll go on the record and say we've had seven episodes. I've really enjoyed like four or five, and then two of them I just I haven't enjoyed just because they've been way too advantage or twist heavy. So I'm kind of riding 50-50 right now. Um, I feel like they have to dial it back. Unfortunately, I just think the game has evolved so much that Jeff has even gone on the record saying, I don't think we could ever do a back-to-basics, even though we would all love that. I, as long as they can just give us a dial down season with like, when I say, hold on, well, let me specify when I said back to the basics, I just mean like, like back to like what they had in like season 37, for example, I don't actually, and, and that's my point. That. And that's right. my point. So, yeah. So when I say, so I want to specify for that, that may, for people that may be listening, I just think they'll, like you said, I think they'll just dial it down. Uh, and that's what I mean by back to the basics. So I think that they'll just like kind of have a season 37 type thing or season 38 or I'm actually yeah. not 38 because I'm extinction, but you know what I mean? No, but, but, <laughs> yeah. but you're right. You're, you're right. You, you I, I know what you meant. You weren't saying like Borneo. You weren't saying like right. Amazon. Right. You weren't saying that you were saying like kind of like a 37, which is, is my point because we had like, we already had um like recent seasons, like winners at war, Islands of the Isles, edge of extinction, go silent. We've had a lot of seasons recently where there's are there are big twists that either hit or miss. There's a reason, Jeff, why Gabe versus Goliath is ranked by many as a top five season, worst case, top seven or eight. I don't think I've seen anyone rank it below like eight or nine, but it is a top 10 season of Survivor. It's going to go on Netflix. Good shout. I think it's actually on Netflix starting like today or tomorrow. So it's fresh. Um, it's a season that is in the modern era because it's 37. The only, th- only thing that you can maybe knock on in terms of crazy advantages is the idle nullifier because, uh, you know, somebody got screwed with that. But I don't think it ruined the season at all. You had great characters. You had not an overwhelming amount of advantages. It focused a lot on the characters and the players, and it had great gameplay, which is why it's highly regarded. So I would just want them for 43 to kind of echo what David versus Goliath had and not feel like, oh, we need it. We need an edge of extinction. We need a we need fire tokens. We need knowledge is power. Like you don't need that. You just need to give us great players with some idols and some little elements, and then we're good. Now, just to quickly address your um your other point before we end here, Dylan, with returnees, I really changed my tune on this. I really feel like in the offseason, we were on the same page that 40, 41 or 42, which we now know is not, but 43 or 44, they've got to bring back people. And listen, I want to see people come back. I want to see my Christians and my Davies and my Angelinas. I have a strong David versus Goliath bias. <laughs> Rick Devins. Like, I want to see people from recent seasons again. 
I also have a really weird, weird feeling that it's not going to happen either for a while. I'm not saying not ever because I can't say that, but I feel like it's not going to happen. I feel like Jeff keeps saying this is a new era. They want to get fresh blood. Like, yes, maybe Kaboni is right. They'll maybe do like a blood versus water where we have like 10 new people and 10 returnees. But it's like, I just feel like Jeff is so focused on a new era now that I'm wondering if he's like, you know, we've kind of closed the chapter on those on those people. So my response to that would be last week's survivor game within a game was can i have your jacket so they're clearly looking back in some aspects yeah true true <laughs> just want just want to throw that out there but yeah who knows who knows what's gonna happen all right, all right. so i think that's like I like normal i want to wrap up here and just remind everyone once again like the video really helps us out subscribe uh you know the you know the drill twitter instagram at soul survivor pod uh subscribe apple spotify five star rating and review really helps us. So once again, thank you all for interacting, for watching live. Really appreciate it. And looking forward to next week. We're looking forward to it. We've now officially, according to Jeff, now everyone has their buffs. We've officially made the merge. So we can't wait to see what's in store for the official merge next week. It was great to see you all in the chat. We always love the interaction. And as always, we will end by saying we have nothing else for you. So grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.